You're listening to SpartanUpPodcast.com, where we study success and everything required to create it. We interview people from all over the world that are successful, no matter how they define it. How you doing? Johnny's opening. <laughs> Johnny. Hey, uh, welcome. We are in Pittsfield, Vermont, in the gorgeous barn here, uh, doing SpartanPodcast.com, and I'm oh, surrounded by some... Sort of. Spartan Up Podcast? SpartanUpPodcast.com. Yeah, Thank yeah. you very much. My pleasure. That's, in fact, exactly why Sephra's here. In addition to being a rewilding expert, she also keeps us on track. Thank you, mm. Sephra. You guys. Uh, mutual. Joe's here because we had to invite him because it's his barn. So Joe DeSena from <laughs> I had, Spartan I had to come. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. And, uh, we don't really know why. <laughs> no, I mean, let's tell the truth. He got okay. We found him in a tree outside stuck in a parachute. Oh, well, Colonel Nye here. <laughs> a few years Jim ago. I yeah. fed him some roots and tubers and it got, got him back to good health. <laughs> we nursed him back to life and here he is. <laughs> here I am. Cool. And, uh, and I'm Johnny Waite. I, uh, they call me Dr. Johnny just because I... Uh, help people sort stuff out and uh, I guess I'm here to, to see what I can glean from some of these podcasts as well so um this is another really cool one we're going back over the ocean for this one this is uh, our dear friend Dell our dear friend Dell interviewing Monty yeah. Halls a yeah. member of the British military and Joe uh tell us a bit about this yeah so Dell is our international reporter mm-hmm. uh she's an old friend of mine I know 14 years she's a doctor she's extremely gritty she's run 100 mile races over and over she's done all kinds of crazy things she eats scorpions I think for lunch <laughs> she does true and um, she interviewed Monty Hall, member of, ex-member of Royal Marines. And um, Reportedly. he's just got some amazing philosophies on life that I think we can all learn from. Yeah. We've, uh, we've interviewed many military people in the past, but um, this was a unique, a unique interview that I think you guys are going to really appreciate. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Me too. Let's do it. We're here in Spartan Up. We are in southwest England, and we've come to meet with a gentleman by the name of Monty Halls, who's a broadcaster, writer, and marine biologist. How would you describe yourself? That is a very, very difficult question. That's the million-dollar question. I have no idea. Um, there's certainly no sort of big career plan or whatever. It's just kind of evolved, and I've been very lucky to go off and do some, do some great stuff, really. Yeah, you've been known for doing a lot of adventures and, and challenges. What's been the greatest one you've ever undertaken? In terms of a challenge, uh, there, was, uh, there's one, there was one expedition in uh, southeast India that was absolutely full on. We went looking for a sunken city, which we found. It was a month-long project, but it was just brutally intense. And one of those projects that everything that can go wrong does go wrong. Um, on, on the first night we were there, um, one of our expedition members was attacked by a dog and our security guard was stabbed. And I remember thinking, hmm, month to go. This is day one. You know, so it's one of those projects, really. And how did you deal with that mentally? Because having somebody stabbed in your expedition, that's yeah. it's one of I, the more worrying things I, to I go through. I think when you're in the field and you're on a project, you're kind of in zone, really. And uh, dealing with things that are thrown at you is um, it's kind of it's part of the part of the deal really and I think particularly with leading the projects as well and you kind of expect the wheels to come off there's a great expression that says no plan survives contact with the enemy which is a a German general in the first world war and that's so true you make all your plans but just assume things are going to go wrong at some point and mentally that gets you in the right place I think and a lot of people might know you from having been stuck on a remote island in Scotland. It wasn't really a survival show. That was one of the problems we faced, is that um, everyone assumed it was a survival show. And there was a bit of a backlash in the press because the press were like, oh, he went to the pub and he ate cake and you know, he went to the local bistro and all that. And um, we filmed all that. That was, that was the whole idea, was just finding what it was like to live in a remote community on the west coast of Scotland. 
And it was fantastic. It was transformative, really. What, what did you learn? What, what transformed? There, there were a number of things. I think um, I learned uh, that wherever you go, whatever environment you go into, it's very important to communicate with the local people, to, with, with the people, and learn from the local people. Now, because we were filming a TV show, we had to do that. We had to go and interview fishermen and crofters and stalkers and, you know, gamekeepers and things like that. So I learned a huge amount from them. I think I learned a great deal about identity as well, because there was a lot of times it was really hard. There's an impression when you see the final edited version that it's all sort of stag on the beach and otters going by and all that. And actually, at times, it was, it was hard. It, you know, there was a lot of midges up there and it was miserable and I was cold and tired and hungry and I wanted to come home a lot of the time. And I think I, I sort of, you take a really good look at yourself there and think, well, why am I going to carry on? Why am I going to finish this thing? And it goes right back to your identity, right? who you are. And yeah. And what did you learn from the identity of the people that actually live in that environment all the time? Um, they're very close-knit, um, they're as hard as nails. Uh, we tend to be very soft, I think, in our modern cosseted life, certainly in the West. Um, you know, those guys up there reset what you think is a hard man until you meet an Outer Hebridean crofter. These guys go out in all weathers, they have to, you know, look after their, look after their animals or to go fishing or whatever. And it's actually uh, what you can deal with, what your body can cope with. That was a big lesson up there. We forget that. We've lost that somewhere in supermarkets and central heating and duvets. But we can cope with anything. We're tremendously adaptive. And, um, but when you go to places like the Outer Hebrides, you still see that. And do you think this is something that maybe you have inherently or is this something that you can learn? that kind of grit? Oh, I think we've all got it inherently. And uh, there's a tremendous expression that says we're all seven meals away from a savage. And what that means is, you know, suppose you miss dinner tonight, breakfast, lunch, dinner tomorrow, breakfast, lunch, dinner the day after that, you would be out foraging, looking for food. You'd, uh, you wouldn't worry about getting wet and cold. You'd want to feed, you'd want to, and that DNA, that hard drive that we all have is of this fantastically successful hunter-gatherer, this incredible, the most successful predator that's ever lived on planet Earth is us. You know, you're the most fearsome creature that's ever walked. And um, we forget that sometimes. So. You've used the word success. What does the word success mean to you? Uh, the word success, I think, means fulfilling your potential. We've all got immense potential to do things. We, you know, there are always reasons not to do things. There's always a reason to give up in a race. There's always a reason not to try something because there'll be loads of people telling you not to do it. And um, I always think you, you'll never dislike yourself for failing. You'll never give yourself a hard time for failing, but you'll hate yourself for not trying things. You know, when you're on your deathbed, having failed at things won't bother you, but having not tried stuff will haunt you. That's incredible advice. <laughs> and you've got, what projects have you got in the pipeline? Oh, blimey, we're filming a series for Discovery called Lost Worlds, uh, which should be out early next year, which has been six one-hour shows going off to remote parts of the world where people have never been before. And you've got to struggle nowadays to find those. Um, doing a thing in the Monarch Islands, uh, pretty soon off the west coast of Scotland, to go and look at this mass aggregation of grey seals. Then we're off to... Um, uh, getting a new boat built at the moment to uh, try and go to South Africa and follow the sardine run next year down the coast, up the coast. Uh, off to Komodo soon to go and do some filming there. So all sorts of things happening. And why do you, why do, you do these kind of things? Um, I don't know why I do this time. <laughs> um, I thoroughly enjoy the organisation of them. Um, 
there's always that thing of, oh, just one more. I'll do one more and then, then I'll knock it on the head. And, you know, all this stuff, this is all very noble and all that, all the things I'm saying, but you should hear me on the phone to my girlfriend when I'm in Borneo and I get reception. I'm like, I hate this. I want to come home. You know, I think we're all a bit the same that um, I love being at home and I love being with my family. And there's this great expression that you hit a certain point in life where the best part of going away is coming back. And I'm, I'm thoroughly at that stage now. But um, I think it's healthy to go and slay dragons. We all need to go and slay dragons every now and then. And, um, you know, uh, there's always another dragon that needs slaying. I think it's, it's good for everyone. It's good for your home life. It's good for you personally to go and, go and slay a dragon every now and then. And has, has fatherhood changed your perception of grit and challenges? Yes, it has. I mean, uh, certainly in terms of um, what a woman goes through having a child just forget anything I've ever, forget it, not even, it's not that much of what a woman goes through having a child. I mean, it's absolutely awesome. And then afterwards, you know, caring for that child, it's the ultimate endurance event. It really is utterly mind-boggling, you know. Um, so there's, yes, it has sort of changed uh, my perception of what sleepless nights are, but it's also what the rewards are as well. They're just fantastic. I hope you're not sitting still while you listen. If you are, you better get a burpee break in. My producer says we need a lot of reviews on iTunes so that Apple will make it easy for you to find our show. Can you help us out by subscribing and writing a review? We'd really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. So, Monty, you mentioned some times when you called home and you huh. found it really, really difficult to continue. Can you give us some examples? Yeah, the projects I'm on at the moment, I'm uh, climbing with a guy called Leo Holding. Now, Leo is, is one of the best climbers in the world. He's an amazing guy and he's, he's sort of 15 years younger than me. He's fitter, he's stronger, and I hate heights. So there have been times when I've been hanging, you know, the, the last program we did ended up a thousand foot up a, a cliff wall on a portal ledge, something the size of a kitchen table sitting there. And I hated it. I was terrified. I was so far out of my comfort zone. Um, and, you know, chatting to, to my girlfriend that night, I was like, I hate this. I'm, you know, I'm way, way out of my comfort zone. I'm too old to be out of my comfort zone. Um, but the thing that gets you through it, come back to it again and again, is identity. You say, who am I? Why should I carry on? Why should this person that is me carry on? And for me, this, it's my military background. It's, I think to myself, I'm a Royal Marine and Royal Marines don't give up. They don't say, oh, I can't do this anymore. And if I do give up, I'm letting down this whole organization that I was really proud to be part of. So, and you've got to have something like that to hang on to, I think. Whether it's your nationality, your family, your profession, something, your kids, something that drives you on to go beyond where you think, you know, normally you'd stop. Yeah. Have you ever been pushed out of your comfort zone to the point that you think, this is it, I can't continue, and actually failed? Well, there's another interesting, uh, it's a, a philosophical question, that. It's an interesting question, because... Um, by saying, no, I can't do this, sometimes it's an incredibly brave decision that. And you see it on dive boats a lot. Huge pressure on dive boats that often if you don't dive, if you say no, it means your mate can't dive. But, and that's the reason there's a lot of diving accidents is people go beyond their experience level and their skill level. And sometimes the bravest thing you can do is say, do you know, I'm not good enough to do this dive. I'm sorry, I'm not doing it. I'm not happy with this. So I think there are times when you just have to acknowledge your potentially going to enter a dangerous situation. You're going to put other people in danger by carrying on. 
So I think it can be a very brave decision to say, no, I've had enough. Uh, have I? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I did a, a attempt at a world record row around the Eddystone Lighthouse, 90 miles. Um, this was last year. And we hit a point, me and the girl I was doing it with, were like, nah, you know. Um, it was getting dangerous and we were both completely exhausted and we turned around nine miles short of our destination. We turned around and came back. So, um, but again, I look back on that. I think that was a brave decision, actually. So do you think knowing your limits is a, is a strength? Uh, yes, I think knowing your limits is a good thing. But do we all actually really know our limits? I'm doing this ludicrous race in a week's time, this man versus mountain thing. I will want to give up. I will at several points think I am at my limit. I can't go on. And actually I won't be. Actually, it's extraordinary what your body can do, isn't it? You're capable of the most amazing things. Is we it are... mind or body at that point, do you think? Oh, it's mind, unequivocally. But, you know, we are the greatest running creature that's ever existed we can run down any animal on earth it might take us a few days but we are the most perfectly designed running animal that's ever existed and um you've got to remember that sometimes that this sort of sort of sofa bound slob in within me will be saying i'll oh, just go yeah i've got anything to prove just give up go on but actually your body's like no 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 i've still got loads left in me and there's a great expression that says when you're lying on your deathbed and you sit there looking at your feet and you say well feet have we had a good life? You know, are you completely burnt out? Is, is there anything left in you? And if your feet say, well, do you know, I've still got loads of miles left in me, you're going to be pretty cheesed off, I think. That's a very good point. <laughs> um, yeah. You've mentioned lying on the couch. What about those days when you really do think, I, I can't go on or I can't? What gets you up in the morning? What really motivates you? Oh, um, the family now, you know, I love being with the kids. They're absolutely hilarious. It's like living with two small very drunk raw marines all the time <laughs> um so that you know that that drives me and i think this awareness that the clock's ticking and you know uh as i said unfulfilled potential is the biggest crime on a personal level that anyone can commit i think on a personal level um that you know when you finish your life and think you know i never gave it a go i never explored who i really was and pushed my limits and that's a terrible thing. You're an amazing bit of kit and you can do anything. If you turn your mind to it, you can do absolutely anything. And I think not to explore that. I think that's what drives me is the horrific thought of lying on my deathbed and thinking I did 30% of what I could have done. So. And how important is it to you for your children to, to push their limits in life? Yeah, you can't pressure them too much. I think they've got to find their own way. And Bruce Springsteen came out with a great expression because he worried about his kids because he was sort of reasonably working class and of course his kids have got a multi multi-millionaire dad and uh, he was worried about spoiling them but a friend of his said to him um, don't worry about that life will knock seven bells out of them life knocks you hard you don't need to push kids hard to find their limits life finds their limits so, there we are. Big old yellow van and I think they need to you need to touch on the tiller you need to sort of guide them in the right direction and encourage them and there's been a lot of work uh, done recently about um, what actually is good for children. Is it reinforcing success, saying, oh, you did that brilliantly, you're amazing, you're fantastic, which means sometimes they won't try things that are beyond their limits because they won't get praised, so they won't develop. Um, they're scared of failure. Or do you praise failure? 
you say you tried so hard, well done, and you kept trying and you didn't do it, but the main thing is that you tried. And so that's what I'm going to try and do with my kid. So. What did, from all you've learned from doing these things, what advice would you have for people that are trying to overcome an obstacle, whatever it, it might be in life? I think uh, it's three words. It's uh, choose your attitude. And uh, what that means is y you ultimately decide whether you're going to succeed or fail. And there'll be a huge amount of external influence. There'll be lots of people telling you you can't do it. You'll be, it'd be very easy for you to blame circumstance, logistics, budget, administration, the weather, whatever. But ultimately, it's your decision whether you stop. And when you stop doing something, it's always at a time when it's hardest, whether you're most tired or the money's running out or whatever. But then you will revisit that decision later on and you'll judge yourself on that decision. So it's entirely your choice. And I say, you, you choose an attitude about whether you're gonna carry on. You think to yourself, right, I'm gonna make the most of it and I'm gonna stagger on, or I'm making the decision to knock it on the head, but it's a personal thing. It's not, no one else makes that decision for you. And we all blame external things, but it's only you that makes the decision. So. Obviously we have a lot of obstacles in life. Mm. What have you learned about mentally overcoming obstacles that you help can translate into overcoming physical obstacles? I think perhaps the, the main thing is you, you don't always succeed. You know, that's something that comes with age, I think. Of just understand, knowing when, you, when you're whopped, knowing when, you know, I'm, I'm beaten here, and maybe trying a slightly different approach. And I don't want to be negative about that, but there are times when you just think, you, you know, I'm not sure I'm going to crack this. I'm going to try something a little bit different. But you need, it should take a long time to get to that stage, you know, uh, counteract that and I don't want to sound like I'm contradicting myself one of my philosophies is there is always a solution sometimes you've got to look pretty hard but there is always a solution and I sort of always think it when I'm doing expeditions and doing big projects when it, things seem insurmountable you know you can't raise the money to do what you're trying to do you can't wait. and I sit down and think to myself there is there is a solution here somewhere there is always a solution to a problem, but sometimes you've got to look really hard. What techniques have you learned personally to overcome or to develop obstacle immunity? You learn through failure. Failure is, is the cornerstone of success. If you haven't failed at things, then you are not working to your limits. You know, top figure skaters um, fall over thousands and thousands and thousands of times. These are world-class figure skaters. Good figure skaters never fall over. You know, and uh, so failure is that real cornerstone of success. So you have to learn to live with failure. And I've failed at things so, so many times, but it's regrouping and thinking, right, what, have, you know, what am I going to take from that? There's no such thing as failure because you fail and you learn a little, you've, it's a little success in there somewhere. You've learned, you know, you've learned something that's made you a little bit stronger the next time you take something on. And I think it's that philosophical approach of thinking, okay, I didn't come off this time, but what did we learn, you know? So how would you define grit? Define grit? I'd say it's an uncompromising uh, uh, approach to your own limitations. Um, you know, a refusal to accept your own limitations. That, that's probably grit, I think. Thank you very much, Monty. I think we can add philosopher into those titles. <laughs> Thank you very much for speaking to us. No problem. Expeditions, such a great word. Monty Hall, really cool guy. I, I liked a lot of what he had to say. That uh, seven meals from being a savage thing, right? So uh, I haven't thank eaten, you guys are all I haven't to eaten six meals, so. Didn't he say, I mean, pretty crazy, right? On his expedition, someone gets stabbed, right? And uh, I, I don't know. He, he's ha certainly had some life experiences. 
Let's see. What else? You know what? Um, I really like how he said humans were perfectly designed for running, right? It goes back. I mentioned the Kalahari Bushmen before, but I mean, you think we are hunter gatherers. We are hunter gatherers. Yeah. yeah, And it's in in our DNA. I think vegans would argue with that. No, they're gatherers. They're gatherers. (laughs) (laughs) Good point. Good point. They're gatherers. But they don't believe in the hunting though, right? Sure. They don't. Well, I mean, they, I mean there's a lot of people that would argue the, that we didn't hunt, right? We just we picked and foraged and but we definitely bo- hunted. Bottom line, we know, we know, line, though, we know, we, we hunted. No, I'm just we, saying we there are people out there. It was good or bad bottom line us. is we were out there um, fending for ourselves I mean, and, and and for yeah. one another. There's breatharians, right? They live on prana and light, so <laughs> <laughs> there's many different ways you can go. With that. So so, but but, but back to, to Monty Halls. So um, uh, you know, incredible guy. He he talks about um putting yourself out there. And uh, I really liked when he was talking about that no plan survives contact with the enemy. Mm-hmm. That you that, don't, the I was going to ask plan. you about that because yeah. you, is that um, Mike Tyson saying everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the face? It's 100%. It's, it. it's exactly correct. That's an old military expression, but that's exact same analogy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I'd said it on a previous, the enemy gets a vote. Right? So you, <laughs> you get the best plan you want, yeah. but the enemy gets to have a plan as well. Right. You know, so you, you go in with your best course of action and you find out that they had one maybe better, one you weren't expecting, which causes you to have to flex. So the important thing is to know what, know what the end objective is, to know what the commander's intent is, what your vision is, what your goal is, and then flex from there. And as long as you still know where that finish line is, you're still going to achieve it. No, di- no different than life. No, yeah, sure. no, no different than right, life. But yeah. that's, uh, that's what that's they're saying. That's obstacle immunity, right? I right. mean, that's what we talk about a lot. It's, right. it's talking about that resiliency. So when you come up against those things, do you fail? Do you right. just lie down or do you find a way? Well, it's funny how many people, they come to their first fail and they go, ah, failed, wow, I guess I didn't think it was going to go that way. And they just stop, right? As opposed to expect to fail. And I, I love you talks about celebrate failure, go out fully expecting to fail. And then it's just a matter of regrouping, re- regrouping, but, but, regrouping. But if you, don't, if you don't fail, you probably weren't pushing hard enough. Sure, right? absolutely. Because if you always succeed, you're staying within a comfort zone. Do you, do you think that's right? Maybe. Or, or, I mean, look at Bernard. Or, or, I'm thinking of children. I'm thinking as you grow and as you mature. I mean, if you always, you know, there's those kids that are always the super kids that are doing everything. They haven't been challenged hard enough. I mean, they haven't been wrestling they, in Ohio. Well, they, right. <laughs> right. They haven't yeah. been put into. They haven't been put into an environment, an atmosphere. And there's a huge that challenges. Them. There's a huge risk to that too, because then all kids know is winning, and it's and it's their entire. Um, uh, identity, and right. then when they do late in life fail, fail they just well, don't look, know how to look, handle. Look at, um, at the college level. Law, look right? at Cornell yeah. University. Sure. They had. Uh, an, I, I know I'm going to get thrown off some kind of alumni connection here when I say <laughs> this, but there were many suicides, and those suicides stem from high gorges. Ar- ar- well, arguably, <laughs> Sorry, arguably, kids that do real well where they come from, and then they get there, and it's pretty tough competition. And it's probably not unique to Cornell. It's it's any school <laughs> playing at a high level, right? Uh, my son Jack. He uh, beats Charlie, my younger son, mm-hmm. every day. Like a drum. <laughs> like a drum. Beats him every day, right? Jack goes out and loses. He cries. Charlie doesn't. He's used to yeah. losing. He loses every well, day. T- right, Tim, you said that earlier today. We were having breakfast, and you right. said the second child tends to be far stronger right. than the first one because well, from birth. Right. Char- Charlie will be a better wrestler than Jack someday yeah. because he, he started earlier, and he has an older brother who is bigger, stronger than he is. So he is learning the hard way. And so he's got, he's got a natural challenge in front of him every day. His training partner is bigger, stronger, faster, whatever. And what so he has to he has to come o- after overcome that. Plus the whole family dynamic things of an older brother. And when he overcomes that, 
he'll he'll be better well, yeah, you, guaranteed you talked about racquetball earlier and I, I used to play squash and i had a friend who said the worst thing you can do is play with somebody that, that you can beat right and you know if you're always the best player on the court you're getting worse every time you play and uh so you know here's a guy who goes out and um he talks about celebrate failure celebrate putting yourself in situations that are going to cause you to grow and get better and stronger hard concept to understand but uh definitely we should put in practice oh absolutely we should always be doing that what other things do you think we should i think uh well, I mean, since we're talking about kids, I mean, I think that, I think the the statement that a child rearing is is the most difficult of all endurance events. So yeah. I don't have kids yet, but maybe I can <laughs> look to you guys. <laughs> Anybody out there just... looking to have kids? <laughs> Sephra is alone in the woods. <laughs> Only if you fly helicopters <laughs> or happen to be a Cala. Larry <laughs> Bushman. <laughs> well, you have more experience than both Joe and I uh, in I the do. parenting I have, department. Well, I, and I, and I, I tell you, I like that statement because. To me, to me, that is, your children are kind of, well, one, they're a reflection of you, but obviously they're a long-term project. Mm -hmm. Very few things in, in our life do we get to work on for more than a couple of years. Mm -hmm. You know I mean? And you get to work on a kid for 18, 20, 20 plus years if you're lucky. And they work they on start, you, huh? Yeah, and, well, right. I mean, it's a give <laughs> and take. But I mean, so you finally get a, fun, a finished product, you know? Um, and so I, I think- That may just leave you. Well, but it's, again, you're going to work on that like it's your career, right? Yeah. And you're hopefully put more into that than you do your career. The family's got to be number one, right? You know, you know I'm so uh, glad you brought that up because um, you don't necessarily get um, monetary rewards for doing it, right? You don't get all the things, those expectations that we have with everything else we do in our life, those uh -huh. little rewards, those cookies, the money, whatever it is. It and and I can't tell you, we talked about Pittsfield before, how many people say, well, I've, I've worked here for two months and nothing's happened i haven't made any money or people that have worked for me over the years we were always hand to mouth i've never had big funding to start up any business and said well i've already done two years of work and i'm i thought i'd be vice president or president or that in two years i did 10 years before i made a dollar and you just described 22 years with a kid right, where you don't get you might not get any reward right you, you know you don't know where that outcome is i mean right. you, you want it to be this but you know there's a lot of detours along the way i mean i i entered college in 1975 I graduated in 1985. Wow. You know, so there were 10 years there to get through four. Five years in the Marine Corps in the middle. But I mean, <laughs> are, are we sure he's the right person for our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't no, sound like saying, you're slacking. No, but I'm saying, you know, there's detours along the way. So you're not always sure of that final product until well down the road. So I, I think it is. Listen, I just became a grandfather two days ago. Congratulations. So, yeah. I, I've got pretty high functioning children. Um, I, th I think it's extraordinarily important yeah, I mean, uh, parenting and, and if you look back I mean it just sounds like uh, Professor Duckworth has a previous podcast and the way that she de uh, defines grit is sustained passion right mm -hmm. and so what's better to defining grit than your own children right, <laughs> right? Well, I mean well, that, that's something you're obviously passionate and, about and right and you talked about you don't get you know you know money from that you get pride yeah sure which is really you know when your children achieve you achieve and vice versa I've been thinking about I mean, a lot I think you get something else right I think you get um longevity you get you get to live beyond your years sure right because uh, we're going glory days you get the well i mean we're going away uh, we're not we're not living yeah, yeah. but well, they're gonna they're gonna keep going we're at an age right now where we see a lot of friends parents passing away and yeah. i always send the same comment i say but they left a great legacy in you yeah. and when you think about it that really is when you're gone that's what's going to be there your kids and their kids and their kids and what are you putting out into the world that's it and uh, when when i loved also on that same note when he said life is going to challenge your kids your job is to support them and, and help them grow into that. So, you know, we want to create opportunities for them in life to be challenged. 
but um, but to understand that uh, that in every situation, I, I was describing to you guys earlier a, a terrible parenting moment of mine at a wrestling tournament. I won't get into it right now, but where I know that I did not support my child, I demeaned him, and that wasn't my job. I mean, he'd already been challenged, and it was my job to to help him be better for the next time. And I love that that point about encourage your kids to fail, but to fail well. With that said. Um Everybody that doesn't have children, go have some. Anybody, <laughs> anybody uh, that does, watch SpartanUpPodcast.com, right? You can check out Colonel Nye's Interactive Corner on that webpage. You can learn about the show notes. You can learn all kinds of things about this and other podcasts. You can check out Dr. Johnny. You can check out um, where Sephra is foraging next in the woods. She lives in the woods. And uh, we'll see you next. Hey, great exit. That was the best one yet. Nice job. Okay, what's next?